0: Uh, for those of you who don 't know me, my name is georgia i 'm on the teaching team here at One Hope. Um, I get up about once a term um, and yeah it 's a huge privilege to be speaking the word today usually i 'm up in the back row alex you 've got you 've got my seat Nathan up there. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's always a huge privilege to be here with you and I want to um, extend a very warm welcome to you if you're here for the very first time. Um, welcome to our Mulap family and uh, it's great to see those of you again who call yourself um, family here at Mulap. I had the privilege of going to the worship and healing night at um, Barable Hills last Monday evening or Monday week ago um, and Sally here along with al Tool. Uh, one of our elders facilitated um, God's spirit doing some amazing work within our midst. Um, there were many that came forward for prayer um, or simply sat in God's presence as we worshipped and took communion together. And uh, talking to Matt on Friday, um, he said he can't remember another week where we had uh, have had so many emails with testimonies of healing coming in. So praise God for that, hey? Yeah, let's give him a round of applause. So the title of my message this morning is, I had my wounds, but also my healing. I think that's the great thing about scars is there's always a story. It shows that we had a wound, but it also healed. And today I wanted to explore the moment someone we read about in the Gospels had a profound life-changing encounter with Jesus today i 'm going to be looking at the man we know as blind Bartimaeus and to consider how we can connect our story to his story uh, even though our lives look so different in the context of our world today now've i 've asked John to have some tissues up the front because This might be a a tough message, I know it's going to be tough to to deliver, um, but it also may be tough to hear, so know that there are uh, tissues available if you need them, or if you actually need to take some time out in the foyer, you can do that as well. Um, Actually, let me pray, because I need it. (laughs) Father God, I thank you for the huge privilege it is to open up your word. I thank you for the word that I feel you've placed on my heart for this season uh, to share with the people that are in this room today. Lord, we thank you that you are a healer. You ask us to start with acknowledgement and Lord God, whether it's healing or journeys of recovery, Lord God, I just ask that you speak into our hearts this morning um, your grace and your mercy, Lord Jesus. We, we thank you as we've sung about this morning that um, because of your sacrifice for us, we can be set free. Um, I want to give my words and my message to you this morning and ask that you will speak through me, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, our text today is from Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to 52. The story of blind Bartimaeus is also found in Matthew 20 and Luke 18. But today I'm going to read from Mark. And it will be on your screens as well. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, Jesus said, your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. It's both a beautiful and challenging passage, don't you think? Before I move further into the story, I'd like to look, um, I guess start at the beginning instead of looking at the miracle itself. I'd like us to consider how it is that Bartimaeus sought his miracle. Because it strikes me that he didn't shout out his need to Jesus. I'm blind, I'm blind Jesus! Jesus! I need you more than anybody else. I need you more than other people. He didn't call out his request. He didn't ask for his portion of daily bread first. He started by acknowledging whose presence he was in. It says that he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David. This tells us and told Jesus that even though Bartimaeus was blind and he'd never seen Jesus before, he recognised who Jesus was the moment he came to town. You see, Bartimaeus would have been taught from childhood that the Messiah and Saviour of the Jewish people Uh, that they were waiting for would come from David's family. This means he believed that Jesus was the man that they were waiting for and he recognised Jesus as the Messiah and King and that he had the ability and the authority to heal him. In Isaiah 35, the prophet foretold that when the Saviour comes to save us, from verse 5 it says, Then will the eyes of the blind be open and the ears of the deaf unstopped." Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. This request from Bartimaeus for the restoration of his sight demonstrates his good understanding of what the Messiah has come to do. Now, we also have the hindsight of knowing that uh, these verses are not just about Jesus' first coming. The story here gives us a foretaste of what we believe as Christians will be in that future day when he will come again and restore all of creation. And won't that be a great and glorious day? But we are living in the now and the not yet, which can provide some confusion about healing. And I'll touch on that a little bit more later. But back to the story, Jesus, son of David, he didn't cry out, Jesus, heal me. He cried out, have mercy on me. The dictionary, di- or dictionary, we'll better get that word right. <laughs> the dictionary definition of mercy is a kind or forgiving attitude towards someone that you have the power to harm or the right to punish. It's pretty powerful, isn't it? Before Jesus even died on the cross for our sins, Bartimaeus acknowledges that he doesn't even deserve to be in the presence of Jesus, not because he was blind. It's a declaration of being unworthy, but still a call for compassion, to be forgiven and redeemed from his sinful nature. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And with this, Bartimaeus teaches us a key principle here. He gave Jesus his heart before he asked for his miracle. He cried out for mercy before he asked for his healing. His cry for mercy to the Son of David shows his awareness that his healing is undeserved. He knows that his future wholly depends completely on grace, on this man Jesus. Because you see, who Jesus is, is more important than what he can do for us. Because what he has the power to do for us is because of who he is. I'm going to say that one more time. Who Jesus is, is more important than what he can do for us. Because what he can do for us is purely because of who he is. As we read on, we see that Jesus didn't ignore the blind man. He stopped and he called to him, called to Bartimaeus, You see, being blind in his context, um, Bartimaeus wouldn't have worked. He would have begged for a living. He was a minority. He was seen as a sponge on society. He was on the margins. And so as Jesus called the blind man to him and healed his sight, he highlights that if the church's mission, church capital C, Church's mission, ministry and message are to reflect the way that God places the margins at the centre of His love and concern. Then churches must see the margins not as an arm of ministry or a department to set up or a specific people group in need of help, but of being merely incidental to our whole. I'm super passionate about this. Just as the ear and the nose are different parts of the body as we read about in Corinthians, yet all parts make a whole, so too should the marginalised have an equal place at our family dinner table. And here's the challenging thing. It's no matter what lifestyle they choose to live, you see, it's not our role to change them. Not our role to change people. Transforming or judging someone's heart or lifestyle is not up to us. That's God's job. We're asked to love them and give them an equal place at the table. Whether they're blind or on the margins, indigenous, gay, in recovery from addiction, maybe still in the thrones of addiction, Dare I say it, the unvaccinated. (laughs) There are many other marginalised groups I could keep naming. But are they welcome here? Jesus opened his arms to everybody. Love and a place to belong is a tremendous start to someone's journey of healing and might even be their start to a relationship with our God. Jesus' healing of of Bartimaeus at this specific time and place was no accident. It begins a series of events that signal Jesus presenting himself to Israel as their long-awaited king. But I want to make it clear what it doesn't signal. And that is that people today born with disabilities, special needs or chronic illnesses who never experience healing have been ignored by God. God instead charges us to minister his love to them. Amos Young, a professor and theologian on disabilities in the church, writes, Ministry to people with profound disabilities becomes a means of ministering the love of God with them in an otherwise inhospitable world. This challenge to love includes people with special needs who may be in this room today whether young children with autism or our friends with Down syndrome. What a privilege it is to do life beside such beautiful people, fearfully and wonderfully made as they are. And our love can not only bring about all sorts of healing for them, but in fact this can form part of our own healing too because we are saved and called to meaning and purpose beyond ourselves. Jesus called the blind beggar to him because Bartimaeus needed Jesus. And now that Jesus is no longer physically here on earth, he has entrusted us to be his ears and his hands and his feet. The marginalised need us, church. They need the Jesus who has loved and changed us. And now it's up to us to call them over, to acknowledge them, to listen to them, to share with them. So I ask you to consider today, who in your world needs some compassion? If we truly believe that grace has rewritten our stories, then who are we telling them to? This is part of the purpose he has saved us for, for his glory and his kingdom, not for our own comfort, Who needs the encouragement of hearing your story this week about your encounter with Jesus and what he's done for you? I'll let you ponder on that as I go back to the story. After calling Bartimaeus to him, Jesus asks in verse 51, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. I wonder what you would ask for if Jesus was in the room. Well, guess what? He is. <laughs> He's here. Jesus is alive and his Holy Spirit is here with us. But my question is are you actually presenting your requests to him? Are you sharing your thoughts and emotions, your needs and desires with the Lord? Are you partitioning Him on behalf of yourself and those you love and advocating for the world around us? He gives us that invitation. Our prayers are the platform to influence His actions for the healing of the nations. Maybe you don't believe that. Maybe you don't petition God because, well, there's the whole predestination thing, right? So maybe you think it's not worth it because his plans are already set in stone or because he knows what we already want anyway, right? So do we really need to ask him? Because his will will play out anyway, right? Mm, The Bible is pretty clear that our prayers really do make a difference in the world. For example, Abraham successfully negotiated with God to spare the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And we read in 2 Kings 20 that King Hezekiah was told by the prophet Isaiah that his death was imminent, but his prayers seem to have persuaded God to change his mind and grant him another 15 years. In Exodus 17, we read that Moses stood on a rocky hill overlooking a battle between Joshua and the Amalekites. And whenever he held his hands aloft in prayer, the Israelites advanced. But whenever Moses dropped his hands in exhaustion, the Amalekites began to triumph. Jesus assures his disciples, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The Apostle Paul in his letter to the Ephesians in chapter 2 verse 6 says that we are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms and that behind every battle on earth according to chapter 6 verse 12 it says there's a parallel conflict waged against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It is an unspeakable honour therefore, to partner with God. And yet we're often too busy or sometimes too disbelieving to accept his invitation, to take our requests to Jesus. But just like Bartimaeus exampled for us in in coming to Christ for help and healing, we should have an eye to him as the promised Messiah as we bring our requests to him the trustee of mercy and grace. You see, we know more of the story. We're about to celebrate it next weekend, that Jesus conquered death and rose again. He is capable. He won the ultimate victory and he did so for us, for you. Matthew 6 verse 26 says, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? But Georgia, you say, I've been asking and I haven't got my healing. Or maybe it's, well, we didn't get ours before it was too late. And trust me, I hear you. I've probably cried more tears preparing this sermon than any other I've ever written. Um, It's been challenging for a number of reasons, but most prominently because we lost a very close family friend last year. And we were privileged enough to have her join our congregation too. Um, So many of you knew Carolyn, and I want to honour Gary today who gave me permission to use this illustration. We didn't lose Kaz as suddenly as a heart attack. But from having headaches to being diagnosed with brain cancer to passing away within a matter of months, it felt all too quickly to process. Kaz wasn't healed here on earth as we had asked God for, despite praying and believing for miraculous healing. And this is not an unknown circumstance for many of you sitting here today if not all of us, there are many people we've prayed for and lost despite our pleading. But I'd like to bring some perspective today with the time I've got left on how we can view unanswered prayer or disappointment when it comes to healing. We need to be careful what we mean when we talk about healing because often when we pray for healing, we're asking for instantaneous miracles like that of of blind Bartimaeus but miracles are often not what we think they are. They're not only people getting out of wheelchairs and the blind being able to see and cancer disappearing and diseases being cured and anxiety suddenly leaving and various afflictions gone in a moment. These are miracles, but miracles are not only these things. The definition for healing in the dictionary is a process of becoming or making someone or something healthy again. It's a process. Healing is often a process, not always an instant miracle. It's about becoming healthy again and yes we can attain this through belief and prayer but just like prayer God often requires us to do our part on the journey too. Bartimaeus had to call out and step forward and this will look different for every person you might need to consider counselling for your healing medical treatment might be your pathway with Jesus to your cure or your miracle might come in the form of um, a blessing as opposed to a supernatural healing For example, someone with poor sight may not have their eyes restored, but they might receive a set of glasses that helps them how to see. And sometimes, just like my friend Kaz, God might answer our prayers in glory. You see, our prayers for Kaz didn't go entirely unanswered. She's whole and healed, her body restored, but in heaven not here, still with us on earth. And we praise God that she is with him. This is where it can feel confusing because we are healed and yet healing at the same time. We are healed because of God's unconditional love for us, because of the blood shed by his son, Jesus, who God sent to earth to reconcile us to him and who even left us with his resurrection power, his Holy Spirit. But we are still healing at the same time because we're not yet in heaven and we cannot heal ourselves from the human condition until we receive our full restoration in heaven where revelation tells us there will be no more tears. And sometimes, sometimes God's answer is not no, it's just not yet. Not this instant, because he's refining us in the process. He's wanting to give us opportunity to grow in the journey. To grow in patience, to grow in forgiveness. And to give us purpose. In life, there's, there's no guarantee of fair. Nobody ever said there would be. And sometimes God doesn't give us and our loved ones the healing that we ask for on this side of eternity and we won't always know why. That's part of the mystery of faith. But what I do know is that God doesn't want to rest in our disappointment. Right back in the Old Testament, Abraham's journey to Canaan actually begun with his father, Terah. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it. (laughs) Terah. Terah. We'll go with that. Who took his son Abram and together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But Terah never made it to Canaan. And how do we know this? Because in Genesis chapter 11 verse 31 it says, When they came to Haran, they settled there. Why? Why? Well, there's a clue in the name of the place where Terah settled and stopped. It's significant because his other son, Abram's brother, was also called Haran and he had died. So when we read that Terah settled down in a place called Haran, it's possible that he'd named this resting place after his own dead son. Haran wasn't his intended destination, but it's where he stayed. As Abraham moved on, it's a common human tendency to settle in our grief, to redefine the geography of our lives according to the contours of our pain. And of course, when we're bereaved and hurting, it's important to stop for a while and lament that loss. It's not healthy to continue as if nothing's wrong neither is it healthy to make disappointment our resting place. I had my wounds and also my healing. But you know, wounds don't heal if they're infected. If they're left to fester, they heal with tenderness and care. And Jesus loves and cares for you and will never disappoint you. Your circumstances might, but Jesus never will. Someone here today stuck in their version of Haran needs to hear that. That Jesus loves you and he cares for you and his heart breaks with yours. You've been praying for your wounds to be healed and bound up, but please know that he's walking beside you and he won't ever leave you. He won't leave you where you are. He won't leave you in the disappointment and the sadness. Your healing is with Him. Our God is a God who promises to finish what He started. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. We can easily wail and sit in disappointment for the rest of our lives. Or we can choose to believe that whether healed or still on the journey of healing, that God is working for our good because we love him. As I come into land, I'd like to invite the music team back up. You know, pastor, writer and speaker Christine Kane, who some of you may have heard of, writes openly about her experience of childhood sexual abuse in her book called Unashamed. She describes going through decades of a personal journey, discovering new areas God wanted to heal in her. She says, I can share a testimony now because I have ongoing victory in this area. I needed to get to that place where I could rest in Christ and get my identity and value in Him and not through social media or other people. You've got to make what Jesus did for you bigger than what anyone else has done for you and what Jesus says about you greater than what anybody else says. She says, a lot of bad things happened to me but my life is a testimony that God can take the bad things that happen to you and turn them around for His glory. Chris is healed but still healing. She's healing through reading her Bible, being loved by her community and helping others through A21, the organisation she set up with her husband Nick, rescuing women out of the sex trafficking trade. She took her story and used it for God's purpose. I want to point out the commonality in all of these stories. In the story of Bartimaeus, of Christine Kane and even of my friend, Kaz, her story, though she's now in heaven. They all clung tightly to their relationship with Jesus while they waited for their healing. And there was or is evidence of joy, of hope and willingness to follow closely after Jesus No matter what the outcome of their request, they put their trust in Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. Never lose hope, church. He's got you on this side, but also on the next. I'd like to invite everybody to stand. your heads and close close your eyes. Isaiah 43 verses 18 to 19 says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Jesus came to Bartimaeus in Jericho, but Bartimaeus also went to Jesus. God is looking for you today to call out and step towards Him. So if you need to take a step towards Jesus today, then with every eye closed and head bowed now to give people some privacy. If you feel comfortable, I'd love you to raise your hand if you feel like you need either physical healing or healing from hurt or disappointment. If you feel like it's your time to leave Haran. Because I'd love to pray for you and I'd love to know who I'm praying for. So if you feel this is you today, if God's touched you and your heart in any way, And you feel like, yes, Georgia, that's me. There's hurt or disappointment that I've been sitting in. Or there's some healing that I'd love to ask for. I just ask you to raise your hand. It's only me that will see it, me and God. (laughs) Thank you. If there's anyone else I'd love pray for you and give you a few more moments if you feel that to you I see your hand thank you thank you thank you alright let me pray Father God I thank you that you are our healer you don't want us to stay in our disappointment Lord God you love us so much that You sent Your Son, Jesus, to die on the cross so that in believing in Him, we not only have eternal life, but we can be set free, we can be healed and restored here and now. Lord God, we can be healed, though we will still wait for our healing and restoration in heaven. Father God, I pray for every individual who raised their hand this morning. I thank You that You are a God who heals, that You are our provider. Jesus, that You love us so much. All You require is for us to step out and bring our needs to You. You just want our hearts, God, not our transformed lives can come later but Lord you want our hearts and so I pray for every person who's raised their hand this morning, we pray for their healing we pray for their restoration we pray that you will place people around them that help them on their journey we pray for the healing process Lord we do pray for the instant miracles and we will keep praying for them because we know that you are capable but Lord when that doesn't happen we trust you We declare this morning that You are Lord and Saviour and we believe that and we give You our hearts. Lord God, we thank You that You are healing and that You are there even when we don't see it, even when we don't feel You there. We know that You are with us. In Jesus' Name, Amen.